The Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. Jesus came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he begin, began to preach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon and honored his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey uh, except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you, they, uh, they refuse to hear you uh, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is such an honor every Sunday, or lots of Sundays, to proclaim the gospel to you, to Silverdale Lutheran and all those worshiping. It's 4th of July. We have some pretty amazing texts before us. And I also have a sense that I'd like to talk a little bit about our country and our nation. Um, and so I'll start off with that, and then we'll move to Jesus. You know, you come to church and you want the pastor to proclaim something, you know, that makes you feel good. And I'm, when you hear the gospel, it should make you feel good. <laughs> but we have to start with the fact that Jesus, often when he preached, didn't make people feel good. In fact, they were deeply offended and upset. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about our country. <laughs> no, that's a horrible lead-in, isn't it? <laughs> no, I think, I think it's good for us to talk about um, our country, and on, since once in a while the 4th of July actually lands on a Sunday, and I want to talk about it in particular as to how it affects us as the body of Christ. We as Lutheran Christians have a rich and beautiful history of what we call the two kingdoms, that God works, he has a right-hand kingdom and a left-hand kingdom, that God works 
through the preaching of the gospel, that's his right-hand kingdom. That is um, where forgiveness of sins are proclaimed. People are connected into the body of Christ and connected to Christ himself and all of his benefits, that that's where God gives reconciliation, peace, love, all of that. That's God rules in that way, but God also rules through a left-hand kingdom where um, he puts people in authority and power in the civic world and he's given laws and direction on how to do that and and so you know we live in a nation um, where we get to participate in that left-hand rule in ways that people in the past never had the opportunity to do and I I think we need to as Christians then take that with the utmost uh, seriousness and appreciate the gift that it is. I mean, when you grow up with it, it maybe you don't appreciate it as much. Um, I know that I've been in a few places where there wasn't that ability, and life is different, and we need to remember that. So let's talk about that left-hand kingdom just briefly as we get to Jesus's whatever he said that was so offensive. Let's see what we can figure out about that. But, but when we get there, um, speaking of offense, it seems like in our nation today, we have, you know, I, I, I feel like sometimes all the divisiveness that we have today is overdone in this sense that we've always had divisiveness. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, let's be real. Um, the, the temperature has been raised. How do we live with those differences and divisions? And how as we as Christians, and here's my particular concern, how can we be in the body of Christ, not have the divisions that are out there in the public sphere um, fracture us? We're going to have them here, but fracture us in the unity of the body of Christ. That's my particular concern I want to quick talk about here on this 4th of July. And I, I, I don't know what... This is what I'm going to share now probably isn't anything new, but maybe it's a new way of framing it. It seems like when it comes to our divisions, we have, um, there are two kinds. And so this is the way I want you to categorize it. See if this makes sense for you. That we have whereas divisions and disagreements, um, because disagreements. Okay, so and I'll explain with that. And then therefore disagreements. So the whereas might be, um, and I'm just going to pick some out of the hat. There's a million things that are wrong with our world, right, and problems and brokenness. But let's just say um, the achievement gap that we've seen for a long, long, long time. People in lower socioeconomic, the kids, there's achievement gap. Okay, so we could argue, maybe some people would say, well, that's not a problem. We don't care. That would be a whereas argument. But for the most part, I think, Almost all of us would agree, yeah, we, we don't like that. That's not good. That's not what we aspire to as a nation. And, but then we might disagree with, therefore, we should do this, this, and this. So we have, therefore, disagreements and conversation and debate. And then we might also have a whereas debate. Now, on that one that I pulled out, I'm not sure that there would be a big debate, but th there might be over here. But there's certainly a, an important 
dialogue that needs to happen on to therefore, this is what we should do, whether it be the public schools, private schools, home schools, all of that, how we curriculum, all of that, that's a debate. Okay, let's do another one just for fun. Okay, let's talk about prejudice in our nation and the legacy of slavery, Jim Crow, et cetera, um, and the, the ways that that prejudice got institutionalized and laws and all kinds of things in our country. So we could have a whereas, like, like there might be some people who still feel like people's skin color sh should give them more advantage and, and legally, et cetera, and they're better than other people of other, another skin. There might be some people who still think that. Here's the thing for Christians. There's only two divisions of human beings in the Bible. This is really important for everybody to hear and everybody to hear. There's only two, and that is Jew and Gentile. God chose the Jewish people to be the covenant people who would bless all nations. And then there were the Gentiles. That's most of us. But in Christ... That dividing wall was broken down, and now in faith, we are all children of Abraham. So in truth, there should be zero division between people because of their skin color, ethnicity, etc. That is gone, if anybody understands the biblical narrative correctly. So we have had, historically, unfortunately, some problems with the whereas side of it. Christians thought, yeah, white people are better than, you know, th th there have been some of that happen in the church, and that's unfortunate, it's not knowing our scriptures, but that debate, though, I don't know anybody in this congregation, and I'm serious about this, that would debate that somebody's better than somebody else because of their skin color, or somebody's worse because of their skin color. We all have our prejudices that we grow up and stuff, but that, so that's a whereas debate, okay? But now, Okay, so whereas there's been this prejudice in our, in our society and country, then there's the therefore we should do this, this, and this. And here's the deal in the body of Christ. I see that we disagree sometimes on therefore we should do this or we should do that. I'm not going to get into specifics because that's not my call. But that's your job as a citizen to be engaged, have intelligent, caring, thoughtful debate about therefore this is what we should do about this problem. Does that make sense? And here's why I say this when it comes to the body of Christ. Because oftentimes when we see we have a difference over here on the therefore, like this person sitting next to you in the pew right now maybe, or <laughs> the person with your married, <laughs> I don't know. Because then we make conclusions about this side. Because they disagree with me here, they must mean that, and that's not true. We shouldn't conclude, this over here is the human heart. We don't know what people's motives are. Jesus says, you shall not judge, lest ye be judged. Now that doesn't mean we don't debate and say there's a right and a wrong and a better or worse over here. But we don't judge the human heart, that's up to God. Does that make sense? Maybe if we could make that distinction as a nation, we could have better conversation, better problem solving, less villainizing the other, because when you villainize somebody, that usually doesn't get them to come over to your side. Now, there's some stuff over here that's ugly and needs to be called out. And in the Christian church, I just did it today. 
on this, just this one little particular thing. And we live in a nation where you can have this debate. I, I wasn't uh, uh, going way too long here. You know, when I was in Ethiopia, it was right about the time that some of our professional athletes were um, doing a symbol of protest about things that were happening. Their, therefore, was to do certain things that you may disagree with, I may disagree with. They were doing that. When I was in Ethiopia, it was during the Olympics, and or right somewhere before or after, and there was an Oromo, which is one of the tribes in Ethiopia, athlete who had either won or got the silver gold medal in the marathon. And he did a symbol of protest, and he could not come back to his country for fear of his life. Now that's a difference, and that's a, something we need to cherish in this country, the freedoms to engage on the therefore and the whereas is where we need to. Okay, there you go. Blessed 4th of July. <laughs> Sermon not over. <laughs> let's see, what time is it? Okay, I got a, a little bit. Let's get to Jesus, okay? <laughs> because Jesus says something that's scandalous. Notice he, he comes in, he starts doing ministry in his hometown, hometown, Nazareth. Get this real quick. Maybe 300 people to 500 people. Have anybody from that town, size town? Nobody? A few? Do you know everybody in the town? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So everybody knew Jesus. He's got brothers. He's got sisters. He grew up there. They watched him grow up there. <laughs> and now he starts to perform miracles. Now he preaches and proclaims with wisdom and power and authority. And they are astonished. And then their astonishment, get this, turns to offense they were offended in another spot jesus says blessed are those who don't take offense at me but these people were offended let's talk just quickly and briefly about why they were offended by the way the greek word is so cool here scandalon that's that's the greek word that we translate as offense well, why? Okay, quick. To have an offense is to have um, something that trips you up. Isn't a speed bump helpful sometimes? Come on, admit it. Whoa, I'm, I'm going too fast. That's what it means to be offended. So sometimes when we get offended, we need to be offended. When you get offended, sometimes you should reflect. It's like, Oh, that's a, maybe that's a good thing that I'm offended. Maybe it's pointing something out to me. So that's number one. Two, everybody was familiar with Jesus. Like I said, Nazareth was a small town. He had brothers and sisters, etc. And we as human beings think that power can't come from the ordinary. But we as Christians, as Lutheran Christians, believe that that ordinary bread and wine over there right now is going to bring you Jesus, the risen Lord. Ordinary words that I'm preaching to you right now can actually connect you to God Almighty. Ordinary church with sinful, broken people, fragile and frail, imperfect as we are, can bring you to God. A lot of people in the world look at the church and they go, oh, forget that. 
I'm looking for some perfect community, and then, you know, but no, that's the same way. People were offended at Jesus. It can't be him. I mean, we remember, you know. And then it says that he had wisdom and ability and power in his preaching, and that power in that ordinariness, it was offensive to them. Think about what Paul says in the second reading, that power is made perfect in what? In strength? No, in weakness. But the real reason, and we have to go to the rest of the narrative of Jesus for this, is that Jesus puts an end to our quest. The event of Christ Jesus says to you and I, we cannot fix our problem. We need Jesus. And you know, when we get told that, we don't like it. When we get told we're in trouble and we can't fix it and we can't work our way out of it, when we get told that no, we don't just need a little a ladder to help us get out of the pit, that we need Jesus to come down and grab us and take us out completely, that, that is offensive. But that's exactly what Jesus does for us. And here's the gospel that we'll finish with today. When I get offended, when somebody says something that offends me, I usually, no, I never go to the jugular. You know, I, I just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was so good. But as a human being in general, when we get offended, what do we typically do? Get them back. Put them back in their place. The people were offended at Jesus and were offended at Jesus, and guess what he does? gave his life for us and all the things that we do and don't do that offend God God took care of in Jesus's sacrifice where God God's self Jesus the second person of the Trinity died for our sins to make us right that's what Jesus does